Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's time to go inside the film room with veteran scout and coach Chris Landry and Scott Seidenberg breaking down college football from a different angle. It's the College Football Film Room Podcast. And welcome inside the College Football Film Room alongside veteran scout coach and consultant Chris Landry from LandryFootball.com. I'm Scott Seidenberg reminding you to subscribe, rate, and review the College Football Film Room wherever you get your podcasts from. We continue our Power 5 previews as we get to the Atlantic Coast Conference and an interesting conference. Why? Because they have the defending national champions, Chris. No doubt about it. And, you know, it kind of looks like, uh, to the chagrin of the rest of the a- ACC, it's Clemson and everybody else. You know, it's, uh, you know, it's, it is, I think, the biggest gap from the best team in the, the, the conference to the second best team. I think there's a bigger gap in the ACC than there is in any conference, not just Power Five, but Group of Five. There's that much of a gap between Clemson and the rest of the team and t- rest of the teams. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit about it tonight. Uh, there's some teams that are, are, you know, pretty solid, but nobody that's even close to Clemson. And it used to be, we could talk about Florida state in that same vein, uh, not so much anymore. And we'll see if they can get back <clears throat> we'll have that discussion as well. But uh, no, I think it's, it, it is a complete, um, you know, I, I can't even put it in words. There's such a complete gap between the talent level of Clemson and everyone else that there's there's no chance that uh, that they can't win that league. I mean, even if they play poorly and mm-hmm. even if they lose a couple of games and they get themselves out of the national playoff mix, they're still going to win that conference and probably going to win it going away. Well, you mentioned Florida State, and we'll talk to Jeff Cameron from ESPN Tallahassee coming up in a couple of minutes here on the podcast. Uh, but But when you look at, this conference is there any team you say no one's close right now is there any team that's on the cusp of being as competitive as Clemson no not even close I mean um you know we're talking about um you know Florida State and Miami if they do it right and have top five national recruiting classes both of them for the next three years, then they can at least become, you know, more of a, a more of a competition. Uh, there, when I say there's that gap, that is because there's nobody close, and I don't know that Florida State's going to be able to get it done with Willie Taggart. But they're so far and away. See, you know, Alabama, by comparison, has got Georgia. That's really good um, in recruiting at a, you know top five, you know, um, level, uh, there's nobody even close. Now Florida state, and we'll talk about maybe their top 10. That ain't going to cut it when, when Clemson's just getting the pick of the litter and picking one, it's, it, it is a huge, huge lead. It's a huge gap. The only way is if Clemson starts to tumble back, you know, Dabo loses a couple of key assistants, um, and they start to come back to the pack. And in conjunction of Florida State or Miami, in particular Florida State, starts to make some inroads. That That's the only way because there's there, there's nobody even close to this point. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you there. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've seen some teams have some nice seasons. Look at what Syracuse has done. But you're right. No one's even coming close now. And, and it appears like it won't come close now for the next year or so. All right. Well, let's start with the Atlantic division of the ACC and we'll put off the Clemson Tigers for now. And let's start with the Boston College Eagles, who I think last year had something special. We know how good A.J. Dillon is at the running back position. Steve Adazio has the right makeup, I would say, to make this a competitive team. But looking at this year, looking at their schedule, can they repeat some of the success they had last year? Can they be a threat to other teams in the Atlantic? Well, no, I I, I don't. I don't. You know, they've always been good, particularly in the offensive line. They're losing quite a bit. I'm concerned about them there. Now, let me say this. You know what you get with this coaching staff and with Steve. uh, Steve. Mm -hmm. Um, They they 
run hard downhill and they're physical defensively. I mean, they just come after you. Uh, they're really physical in the secondary. They've got a lot of ball hawkers, but you know, when they lose guys, they're losing developmental guys and they don't always have a guy that's close to the equal, uh, in the wings on deck, so to speak. Um, you know, they've got some good players. You mentioned Dylan, you know, he's not a speed guy, but he's a downhill guy. He fits what they do well. Um, I think John Phillips and Alec Lingstrom are good offensive linemen, uh, but they're not elite guys. I think Petrula is a left tackle come really good. I think Kobe White's a good receiver. They like to play two tight ends. Um, they lost their all ACC tight end, Tommy Sweeney. Now, I do think that um, Idrisi and Hunter Long are capable, but, you know, I don't – there's not enough playmaking ability, and I don't see the play at the line of scrimmage being as good. Um, there's a, it was a lot of expectations last year. It didn't play out well. I mean, I look at them. I think certainly Richmond and Kansas and Rutgers and Louisville – or, or four wins that I expect them to have. I think they're mm-hmm. question mark games at Pitt and at NC State. Uh, but, boy, you know, can it be Virginia Tech, Wake, uh, NC State, um, Notre Dame, Pitt? I, you know, I, 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 think, I think they might be able to get two more wins out of that. Uh, and if they can, they can get bowl eligible. I mean, I think that's about what they are. I see them being kind of a six and six maybe at best match late. If they match last year's record of seven and five, it's going to be a really good year. <clears throat> I, I would agree with that in, in sticking in that division, you look at Syracuse, right? You lose Eric Dungy. He moves on. And uh, Tommy DeVito last year was probably the quarterback that might have fit a, a more of a, a an aggressive downfield passing option, as opposed mm-hmm. to Eric Dungy, Dungy, who was more of like a running quarterback for them. He takes if he takes over this year, which is it is expected. Do you see Syracuse being more aggressive on the offensive side of the football? I think, first of all, I think they're going to miss Dungy big time. I thought he was the heart and soul of that team. Um, and for that matter, I, I think they've had some pretty good players that were senior laden. I think they're going to want to be, you know, with a more of a pocket passer to work the ball downfield. Sean Riley has some ability. Um, I think the right side of their offensive line is pretty good. I think they can hold up. I think Mo Neal's a guy that they can work, work off play action. Um, so, yeah, I think they'll be different because it's a pocket guy, but I don't think they'll be nearly as good. Um, I'm curious to see, you know, this system is that they run. Basically, Dino runs Art Browse's system. That's, that's kind of his background. Well, yeah. everything is about, you know, your quarterback and decision-making. And I just, I don't know that they're going to get that from, from um, DeVito. I mean, Dungy was just so advanced in that area. Um, I mean, you know, I just think it's going to be um, a difficult, a different looking team, but I still think they'll be good. I mean, the defense, um, is they're kind of built to suit their offense, which is, you know, they, they're not real special in any, you know, area. I think Alton Robinson is a special player. Uh, but, you know, I, I think this is going to be interesting because I think we're starting to see a transition where this is really Dino's team and program. I shouldn't say team. Uh-huh. It's been his team for a while. But now what can he do in recruiting? Because, I again, I think he's had some veteran guys. I thought it was a fantastic year last year. I think they can get to eight. I don't think they can get to ten. Um, okay. I, I know they've played Clemson very well. Yeah. Um, that I game's think, at the Carrier Dome this year, too. Yeah, you know, and, and, and they play big games well. And, look, Liberty, Maryland, Holy Cross, Pitt, BC aforementioned, Louisville, Wake. I, I think they're winning those games. So the, the the season will be decided by, you know, at Duke, winnable, you know, but not a given. Um, at Florida State, winnable, not a given. At NC State, winnable, not a given. That's going to determine where they are, in my view. If you look at the schedule, it's not very difficult. 
I mean, there's only one game that I would say, look, they're just not going to win, and that's Clemson. Mm-hmm. And again, we know they've played them well. So, look, I mean, is it very possible that they can go back and maybe have a 10 and 2 record? Yeah, it, it is. It's possible. I think the schedule favors it, but the consistency to do it week in and week out against all of those teams, again, I think they match up fairly well, but I don't know that they're going to NC State or and Florida State and Duke and winning all those games. And also, you know, given that they beat Wake, although I think they will. But they do have a rebuilding Maryland, a Liberty team, by the way, which can be scary with their offense. Hugh Freeze is over there, but it, it, yeah. they'll win that game. Western Michigan, not easy, but, I mean, they've got four wins falling out of bed, you know, and then, excuse me, with Louisville's rebuild, I think five wins. And I think that 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 Wake and Pitt are wins. So, I mean, I think the schedule's really favorable for Syracuse. So I think anything short of nine would be disappointing, but it wouldn't be shocking if they ended up as an eight-win team because I think they could drop a couple of those games that yeah. I mentioned. Duke's a rebuild, don't have the quarterback anymore. FSU's, you know, going to rebound. I don't know how much. NC State always play you tough, but they're losing some key guys. I, I think Syracuse can be a pretty good Ten and two type team. I think it's doable because of the weakness of the schedule and because the relatively, you know, weakness of the ACC. Uh, again, if they do that, play Clemson really well again, it, it will be great for their resume. But I, I think it's they've got a lot of question marks, like a lot of people in the ACC have. They're just going to be a different team without Dungey. Um, yeah, they've got some good guys in the secondary. Again, I love Alton Robinson up front. I think they're a pretty good defense. I, I just I think the defensive line is very good. So I like them in that regard. I just worry about how good they're going to be on offense. They'll work tempo. How well will he do it? I think if he does, then I then I think we can have that conversation that they could be a nine, maybe even a ten win team. But I still don't see them as a team that's capable of being you know, somebody that would be any better than a top 20 team. You, you, you know what I mean? I, I just, yeah. I don't, I don't think they're they're. You know, other than Clemson, there's nobody else that's really all that good. That's on their schedule. Mm-hmm. You mentioned the rebuild that Louisville does Scott Satterfield have anything to look forward to besides winning the games against the three Kentucky schools that he's playing on his schedule, Eastern Western, and then UK. Well, I don't, I don't think they will beat Kentucky. Kentucky's a, a better team than them I, I don't think they have much of a chance in that game but no it's going to be tough this is a total rebuild this this may be this may be a tougher rebuild than georgia tech i mean this, mm. this is bad i mean patrano did an awful job in recruiting you left them nothing that they're going to give them time to build it um but this is uh this i mean first of all they don't have enough good players and they got a lot of dogs on that team guys that quit on them and they not very disciplined so I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. I think Scott's going to have to run off with some of those guys. Um, I, you know, I mean, it's they're not even – right now, they have no recruiting base. Kentucky is kicking their rear end. Anybody that can play football, they uh, Kentucky's beating them in the state on every kid. Um, so, look, I mean, they, they lost 10 of 12 games and gave up at least 52 points in each of his last five games. I mean, it's just, it's a bad team. I, I do think that uh, I, I think that 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 Eastern is a given. I don't think Beeson beating Western Kentucky is a given. Yeah. I think that's a question mark game. I, I think there's there's two wins, and if they're able to win a game in the league, um, that's positive. They win two, and it's possible with maybe a couple of getting the you know catching a team with the key injuries and whatnot. I mean, I think they could possibly get to four, but I think that would be one hell of a season if they were able to win two games in the ACC. Let's go. Let's move on in that uh, Atlantic division. Wake Forest uh, always has the ability to beat teams w- uh, when they come into BB&T field. Uh, they gave a new contract to Dave Clawson uh, a couple of months ago. So he's got some uh, status there, a comfortable status there. But is this a team that, 
is going to be bowl eligible this year, or is it going to be a disappointing season for the Demon Deacons? No, I think they can go to a bowl game. They do a really good job scheming up their offense. I mean, they cause you a lot of problems. They get you misaligned. They've got better speed than people know. They go for it in fourth downs more than anybody in the country. I mean, they just go anytime, anywhere. I mean, they, they got, they got quite a bit of speed. Um, they can, they can out scheme you there. They've got two, you know, quarterbacks who could start and Newman and Hartman are really good. Um, they're physically on defense. They're not real impressive. Um, they, Basically, they they do a really good job of trying to beat you off the edge, try to give you a lot of different looks, um, and you know they try to uh, try to dictate a little bit um, with their with their uh, with their speed. But you know they play a lot of nickel. They've done a good job finding their niche in recruiting, and they didn't have a lot of size or or, or athletic, you know skill sets on the defensive side, but they've really done a good job of finding what they need. They don't have the depth on defense. Um, they can hold up for short stretches, but not real long. It's, I think they can go to a bowl game. Again, the ACC is wide open in a lot of games week in and week out. Utah State is a good team and a big test for them in August. That'll tell us a lot. If they're able to win that and they're able to beat Rice, and they, they're able to beat a young North Carolina team. They could start off 4-0 because they've got Elon. Um, so, yeah, I think they could get to seven, but they're going to have to beat, in my opinion, North Carolina, Utah State and North Carolina in the first four games, as I'm expecting them to beat Rice and Elon. If they do that, I think they can get to seven. If they don't, I think they fall short, probably six and six. But I think a bowl game is definitely realistic. How about NC State? You know, I look at their schedule, and I'm trying to see where six wins are going to come from. Well, you know, I I think they are one of the more underrated teams in terms of their ability to develop players. Um, you know, they're going to miss Finley. There's no question about it. And they've lost a lot of their offensive staff. But Eli Drinkwitz went uh, to App State. Um, they're going to look a lot different. They've got to rebuild the offensive line, find – a new leading receiver. Um, uh, they got, I think the, the kid Bam Knight's a really good running back. Wait till you see him. He's, he's really an impressive looking kid. Um, they, they're not elite talent, but they get good guys. They're going to be challenged now in state recruiting with North Carolina. It's become a Tar Heel state again. Yeah. Uh, and, and I'm going to tell you, it's a tough place to play at Carter family. They, they really get I think they get to seven personally, because I think the schedule matches up. They're going to beat Tech. They're going to beat Louisville. Uh, I think they're going to beat Ball State. West Virginia's a rebuild. West Carolina, East Carolina. So I think there's seven wins. Now, I think their ability to go beyond that is they've got to beat North Carolina. They've got to beat a Syracuse or, or Florida State. I'm not sure that that's, that is realistic. So I think seven Last year, they were nine and four, five and three. They're quietly have been one of the more solid teams in the country. They've produced a lot of NFL talent, Yep. maybe relative to their talent. Maybe some people think they've underachieved, but you know, they've, they've had their moments to where they've looked really good. Um, Dave Dorn's been there seven years. They've done a good job reloading. Um, you know, um, you know, they, they've got a lot of new things there, though. New coordinator, new quarterback, new, a lot of new members on the offensive line. So there are a lot of things that I think that are going to hold them back. Um, but I think that seven is realistic. Before we get to the defending national champion, Clemson Tigers, we'll wrap up the Atlantic with Florida State. And to help us break down the Seminoles, we welcome in Jeff Cameron, host of the Jeff Cameron Show on ESPN Tallahassee. You also hear him on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM. He's the host of Seminole Headlines. And Jeff, what's the sense, if there is a sense, of optimism surrounding this program going into this season? Well, I think the optimism certainly stems from the offseason hire of Kendall Riles, uh, his longtime uh, coaching partner, uh, and Randy Clements, the offensive line coach that he's worked with both at uh, Baylor, uh, Houston, FAU, uh, bringing those two guys in, as well as former Seminole wide receiver uh, Ron Dugans, who's recently coached at Miami. 
uh, I think really shook up the offensive staff where they struggled so much last year. So they all seem to be in lockstep, and I think uh, the kids have taken to that. They seem to be enthused by what they'll bring to the table. Um, so that, that's where the optimism is. Obviously, there's a lot of pessimism as well off of a 5-7 off of season, but if I had to pick a place, I'd say start with the offense. Yeah, exactly. But you look at now this team going into this year, how much pressure falls on Willie Taggart to kind of right the ship, if you will. Well, you know, it's interesting time for Willie Taggart. I would, I'd say this is the most important year of his coaching career. Uh, he, he turned Florida State his dream job. You know, he grew up in the state of Florida, down in the Bradenton area. He grew up watching Florida State football, said he always dreamt of either playing or coaching there, and then. Uh, he got the job and, and, and really was a guy who seemed to be a kid in the candy store and it all went south in a hurry uh, on the heels of back-to-back now bad seasons. One was his, one was the, under the previous regime with Jimbo Fisher. Florida State fans are obviously lacking patience at this point. They're not accustomed to seeing Florida State struggle. They haven't had a losing season until last year in over 40 years. So there's a lot of pressure. That's a long-winded way to say it. there's a lot of pressure. And right out the gates, they got to play a game against the Boise State team that obviously has been uh, a program traditionally in the last 20 years or so that can surprise some of the big names. If you don't play well, you get beat. Uh, so obviously he's got some pressure early in the season. The year as a whole will be a hell of a witness test for him. Uh, I think he's got to win eight, nine games. If he's going to try to get this fan base in lockstep with his vision. Anything short of that, I think that uh, he's probably a dead man walking. I don't know that he'd get hired because financially they would owe him $20 million if they let him go in just two years. It's also never a good look for a university to fire a coach after two years because it, it, it sends a long message to potential candidates down the line that you bring in uh, that you're a fickle bunch and that you don't have patience. So he maybe wouldn't get fired if they have a poor season, but he would be putting out the string, if you will. He'd be a lame duck coach going into year three. What's been the reaction surrounding Jimbo Fisher and the comments that were made during SEC media days or the reaction from him and sort of the blame being put on him, but then him deflecting? What's been going on with that whole situation down there? You know, I think most Florida State fans are willing to just move on. I, I think at this point, time will heal all wounds. Uh, they, they certainly appreciate Jimbo Fisher's time at Florida State. Uh, returning them to the top of the mountain, won a national championship at one point between 2013 and 2014. They won 29 straight games. He swept his rivals, Florida and Miami. People were obviously very fond of that, and they liked him, but the way it ended was ugly. Uh, The last two seasons were terrible. He was a guy that seemed uh, no longer engaged. There were behind-the-scenes arguments about uh, the booster structure and he seemed to be a guy looking for a way out, and uh, I'm sure most Florida State fans and the ones that I certainly interact with don't appreciate uh, a coach who, who, who didn't want to stay at a place where they won a national championship and invested so much in his vision. Um, but by and large, I think they're ready to move on. And that subject came up a lot in year one, but year two, it's really much more about, okay, Willie Taggart, what are you going to do to fix this? Yeah, and winning is going to fix it. <laughs> exactly right, Jeff. <laughs> but let's, let's get more into sure. the 2019 team. Uh, right now, at this point in training camp, what does the quarterback battle look like? Has Willie Taggart prepared to name a starter yet? Yeah, well, I don't know that he's willing to name a starter. They've gone pads for the first time today. Other than that, it was uh, T-shirts and shorts and all that good stuff. So, um, you know, I, I think he's going to want to see a couple of scrimmages first. But having said that, I think it's James Blackman's job to lose – He's likely going to be the starter, barring unforeseen circumstances. They brought in Alex Honeybrook as a backup. Of course, he started a lot of games at Wisconsin, and they brought him in more for his experience as a grad transfer. And he's a kid that is, is a pedestrian quarterback by and large, but he's also a guy that has played in big games against the likes of Ohio State and Michigan. So I don't think he'd be saucer-eyed if he had to go into a game uh, to, to spill, uh, to spell, excuse me, uh, James Blackman, but uh, I don't think he was brought here uh, with any real intent on him winning that job. I don't think they think he can. Uh, they framed it as a competition, but I think that's a name only. This should be James Blackman's job. Does this team benefit from playing the underdog role going into this year? You know, that's interesting. I brought that up last week to my audience, and I, I think it's fascinating. They've never really been in that role. They've never really been able to relish uh, a role in which they're not the hunted. Uh, Florida State 
over the last 30 years, certainly, has been a team that when they rolled into opposing team stadiums, and certainly within the ACC, they were the favorite nine times out of ten. And they knew that somebody was trying to make a name by beating them. And now, quite frankly, nobody in the national media and or regional media really expects much from this group that looks to be in a total rebuild. And I think you're right. I think there's a possibility they're going to revel in this because here's the thing people don't recognize about Florida State. Their offensive line last year was a train wreck. It was the worst in the Power Five, one of the worst offensive lines in the country. But they don't lack for skill at the, at the, at the skill positions. They've got talent corner, talent safety, talent running back, talent wide receiver, uh, lots of it. If they get a modicum of improvement up front, they can exploit matchups and score some points, especially in Kimber Bryles offense. So they may surprise some people, excuse me, especially early in the year, where they'll come into some games like that Road Virginia game in week three as an underdog. Uh, I, I think I think they could relish in that, yes. And of course that game that's gonna be at Clemson is one that I don't think anybody's gonna give them a chance in, but that's the one that could you know, Clemson always seems to lose that one game right, that you don't expect them to lose, whether it was the Syracuse a couple of years ago or whatnot, that might be the game. Maybe Florida State can go into there and, and, and really sting them. It would be stunning, though. I will say, I think the, 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 the gap between where Florida State is and Clemson is right now is pretty significant, and that's because of the trenches. It's not because of the skill positions, although Clemson has an edge there, too, currently. They may have an edge on every single team in the country, including Alabama, in that regard, but it's the line of scrimmage, and, and you might be right, but they're going to have to see a world uh, better play uh, from that offensive line than they got a year ago, or else they can't block it up, can't block it up, can't win the last scrimmage and lose games uh, against teams like Clemson especially. So we'll see. It would be quite an upset, but if it happens, it's because Randy Clements came in and did a real good job of repairing this offensive line's confidence and psyche and it will mean that they have built to a place where they have the kind of confidence where that upset is possible. Luckily for them, it's a little bit later in the year, so we'll have plenty of time to diagnose that if, if they're building towards it. Jeff, you look at the job that Dan Mullen's doing at Florida, Manny Diaz at Miami, and, of course, the emergence of UCF. How important is it for recruiting purposes for Florida State to really get back on track this year so that they're maybe not bringing up the rear, if you will, in terms of the Florida schools? It's huge. Um, and I got a chance. The state of Florida's up for grabs. Uh, Dan Mullen had a good first year without question, but he didn't really capitalize in recruiting. And so that's kind of sprays eyebrows and certainly made Florida State fans happy. Um, surprisingly, and certainly this is why Willie Taggart was hired, he's known as a guy that can really recruit. He's done a pretty good job off of a five and seven season to recruit a top 10 class. So they're in a position where if you can give the elite recruits a reason to believe, they can take off and have a chance to win the state. You win the state of Florida for recruiting, you're going to win a lot of football games. And Manny Diaz is in year one. He's a charismatic figure. But we haven't seen him coach a game yet at Miami. So I think the state's up for grabs. You're right about the emergence of UCF, and there's always the contender of, of USF and uh, Charlie Strong. So recruiting is – this is a hotbed of recruiting. It's a fierce battle, but I think it's up for grabs right now. So Florida State can't afford to have another stinker of a season and fall behind um, the eight ball in this state because they're already losing out right now within their division to a team like Clemson, uh, and they can't afford to also lose in their own backyard. Jeff, I appreciate the time and the insight. Look forward to catching up with you throughout the season. Hey, it's always my pleasure. Be well. Take care. All right, thanks to Jeff Cameron, ESPN Tallahassee. You hear him as well on uh, ESPNU on Sirius XM. Chris, you heard what he said. Um, it's not going to be Alex Horningbrook, the transfer at quarterback. It's James Blackman's job to lose right now at training camp, even though Willie Taggart hasn't given an, an update on the, the quarterback battle, but is it, it is expected to be James Blackman. Is that the way you saw it here when you're kind of evaluating this team heading into the preseason? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's – if 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 – if it's if it was going to be Hornybrook, I mean, I think you got to get him ready to go. Blackman goes down, but if it's Hornybrook, I mean, it tells you that Blackman, their prize guy, uh, has not really developed, and they've done a poor job developing him. I mean, it's got to be Blackman. If it's not, it's going to be a bad year again because Hornybrook, behind again an offensive line that's still got a ways to go would really be a bad mixture for this team. Um, yeah, well, like Jeff, like Jeff said, more brought in for, like, his leadership aspect, you know, from, 
you know, having played in the Big Ten at Wisconsin for, well, for a couple they, of years. So. Like a lot of people, they don't have a backup. They don't yeah. have enough quality. I mean, they got some young guys that they excited about, but they got to have somebody can line up and play if, if you know, Blackman goes down. Uh, but no, it's 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 got to be him. Look, it's this was um, this was a a tough look last year. I mean, it was a five and seven <clears throat> for a team that had more talent than that but was as poorly coached as anybody. And they got, they lost to all three. They lost to Miami, Florida, and Clemson. And I mean, they had blowout defeats. I mean, they were blasted by, you know, 21 points routinely. I mean, it was just, was just a mess. Okay. Art Brow, uh, not, excuse me. Um, uh, Kendall Browse comes in, Art's son, and is going to run the offense. They're going to work tempo and they're going to do things different. And, you know, I, I think, you know, it's time for Cam Akers to step up and, really be um be effective had some tough luck injury wise early in their camp but uh, tamari and terry has to be healthy has to be real effective the offensive line was the biggest problem they had last year they did a very poor job coaching that unit they also did a bad job from a coordinator standpoint calling plays considering they couldn't block anybody um all the five seven step drop looks i mean it just was a disaster I think there's going to be improvement. That's not saying a whole lot when you win five. I mean, they've got seven wins. Uh, if they just, you know, uh, just wake up in the morning and I mean, they, they just, they absolutely should win at least seven. Mm -hmm. Now, defensively, I think Harlan Barnett didn't get much help by the offense, but I think it's done a decent job in returning eight of their top 10 tacklers. Uh, they weren't very good defending the pass. That was a problem. Uh, Marvin Wilson kind of takes over the leader, that defensive front. Um, it's a really good player, but um, the linebacking core has really struggled. But Dontarius Jackson's a good player. Uh, special teams has got to be a lot better. Um, listen, I mean, the offense was awful under Warp uh, Bell. So, you know, let's see what they're able to do with Kendall Bryce. They got to get better play on the offensive line. It's the roster that's not all that good. Uh, their running game was atrocious because of their offensive line play. I think Blackman can make plays for them in both the run and the pass game. I think they've got a good secondary. I think they can line up with people. Um, they're going to have to recruit. Well, look, they're, they're bragging about their recruiting. It's pretty good. But remember, this is what willie taggart's calling card is as a recruiter yeah, he's a recruiter yeah and if, and if they're not recruiting top five in the country then they're not going to do it they're, it's not going to work for willie because this is not going to be what you would call uh, a, one of the better coach teams i mean it's a lot like a penn state you know if james franklin's not out recruiting you know uh the the, the ohio states of the world then they're not going to beat them florida state's not going to catch clemson they're not going to even get close if they don't recruit on the same level, because they're not as, and, and their facilities are not as good. They've got to make that commitment. They have, it's going to happen. But when I look at them, look, I think they're seven wins. I don't know that it's a given that they beat Boise, but they need to win that game. Uh, they really do. And they need to start out two and oh, then they need to go to Virginia and win one. And if they can do that, they'll start four and oh, because then they got Louisville. Mm -hmm. Then we can start to see if, you know, maybe they can build some confidence and momentum. That makes a difference playing NC State at home. You know, who knows? It I think it is definitely possible from a roster standpoint for them to be 5-0. and I really do. Going to Clemson. Then, you know, I that's going to get ugly. And then how they come out of that will affect what they do at Wake. And I think Syracuse and Miami are going to be the, the pivotal games that are going to swing this season one way or the other. Because I think a good start could turn out to be a really good season. Um, I think, you know, Clemson and Florida are the only two givens that they're going to lose in my mind. I, I don't, I don't, they really don't match up there. But, you know, Syracuse and Miami are going to be tough. Uh, if they can win one of those two and, you know, uh, take care of their business and others, look, I mean, you could see a, a, a nice turnaround where you might see an eight and four. Dare I say nine and three? It's doable in this league because it's not that difficult. And it's going to come down to Syracuse and Miami, which are games that are going to be tough for them, 
but talent wise, they match up. Virginia with Perkins and I as well coached as they are. Um, that's going to give Florida State trouble because they're so well coached. Florida State's more athletic. So I, I think it's going to be fun to watch them early because I think a good start could give them some confidence and maybe they get into that, you know, that nine win realm. Um, you know, but I, I think eight, I mean, they, they should win at least eight games just on their talent alone if they do an adequate job of coaching. Yeah, that would be a heck of a season and a heck of a turnaround for Florida State and give some positive momentum going into the offseason and into next year, try to win that recruiting battle in the state of Florida. Uh, We finish up the Atlantic with the defending national champion Clemson Tigers. Not much you could say about them, Chris, but if there's one thing that you're looking for them to improve on based off last year, if there was anything that kind of stuck out to you watching them on film, what aspect of this team do you want to see them improve? Well, They've lost not only a lot of talent, but a on the, lot of especially leadership. Especially on the defensive side. <clears throat> not a leadership on defense. Well, the yeah. talent level is still pretty good, but they don't have nearly the leadership. That team was basically run by that defense. Guys that came back to win a title, and those guys are gone. Now, Xavier Thomas and Jordan Williams and Miles Pickney and Justin Foster, those guys are really good. And the guys behind them, like the Tyler Davis kid and the Justin Maskell kid, they got a lot of talent, but they don't have the experience talent they had up front defensively. Uh, I think that that on that defense, I think they're going to be really good. I I don't. They shouldn't lose a game all year long. They should be unbeaten. They might dump one because they, they tend to do that at times. It won't matter because a one-loss Clemson will win the ACC title and be in the playoffs. So they've got – I mean, they. I, I hate to put it this way, but this is like the talent level, again, the gap between them and the rest. It's just kind of like how do you get better and how do you prepare? I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of like, um, you know, going through an NBA season, getting ready for the playoffs. I mean, this is just <laughs> pretty – they've got a pretty easy go of it. Um, and, and they got time to get this young defense better. I don't think this is – listen, they're capable. I don't think they're going to win a national championship. I thought that leadership and everything came together. I, I don't think they'll beat a healthy Alabama. I don't think um, they would beat Georgia, but I think they're in that mix. They're definitely in that. So, look, I mean, it's an elite program, and – you know, people say, well, they deserve to be one because they won the national title. That's fine. I, I don't care. That doesn't matter uh, in my mind anyway. They're going to be very good. They're going to be very, very good. But, you know, you've got a head coach that's running the defense and Brent Venables. He's that good. Yeah. Um, and the guys on offense run it. Tony Elliott and Jeff Scott for Dabo. And they're just loaded with talent. So they've got – an elite quarterback, an elite running back, and some other good ones behind them, a receiving core that's as good as any in the country, an offensive line that's pretty solid. I mean, I like the interior, uh, and, and really they've got four seniors in a sophomore. Only uh, the Jackson Carmen kid is the sophomore. They're really good. I mean, so this offense has got everything. It, it just it's, – it's kind of, you know – I mean, it's decked out. I mean, it's 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 supercharged. It's got the 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 mag rims. I mean, it's got it's, it's everything. It's decked out. What do the kids say today? It's lit. I was on yep. a campus speaking recently, and somebody said, "Oh man, it's lit." And I'm like, I don't know what the <laughs> hell that means, but I learned that lit. That was my that's my summer education. Lit means it's good, but defensively, boy, they're they're talented as well. They can run. They're physical, but they and and Brent will get those guys playing on an edge by national playoff time. But asking me what they need to improve upon, well, what they're going to need to improve is get a lot of young guys to play to the level that was somewhere close to where they were playing at the end of last year. That's what they're going to have to do. That last year they didn't need to do. They catch some of those defensive guys went through the motions, but man, they were unblockable at years end. Let's move on to the Coastal Division, Chris, and Manny Diaz's Miami Hurricanes. You know they're going to have some personality this season, so what can we expect from them on the field? 
Well, I think they're the most talented team in the Coastal. I think they've got the best linebacking core in the conference and one of the best in the country. They've had more transfers that have come in. And the reason why they did it was because their classes were kind of sparse to where they didn't, they weren't going to have enough, you know, numbers in a year to make up for that. So they brought in some guys. They're going to fill in those spots. Um, I think in the unusual way they did it, they're going to have consistency on their defense because it's going to be Manny's defense again, that you're, you're going to see, you know, Blake Baker and, um, Ephraim Banner run Manny's defense and he never left it. I mean, he did, but he came back in a week and it just, there was no real uh, adjustment period there. Uh, <clears throat> offensively, I think Dan Enos is going to have an impact. Um, early on uh, it, it and remember they playing in week zero, starting off against Florida. So they're correct. They've had more practices as says Florida as says Arizona, Hawaii. Um, Tate Martell's going to end up being the starter. It looks like, um, you know, I think, you know, Dan will do a nice job with them. I think that they've in, in DJ Dallas, they've got a good back. I think the receivers are good. Osborne's good. I like Jeff Thomas. Um, you know, I, I, I think, you know, without Richards, I think with Jeff Thomas taking over the number one receiver, from the slot and they've got the freshman Brevin Jordan. I think they can be really good. Now um, the, the KJ Osborne kids, the Buffalo transfer, that's I think going to really surprise some folks and going to have a big impact. Um, I think that they can be really explosive in the passing game. If the quarterback play will allow it. So we're just going to have to see how that develops. There's some retooling for the offensive line. Of the seven offensive linemen who started at least five games last year, five of them are gone. Um, so th- there's that's a work in progress, and we'll see how this plays out. Uh, I, they were they they created more negative plays with their defense to opposing offenses than anybody. When you take at tackles for losses and passes defended and forced fumbles, and kind of divided by total plays, they were the most explosive team. Um, you know, Garvin and Joe Jackson and Gerald Willis had big time, you know, playmaking ability. So, uh, and I think the linebacking core is really good. And, and the safeties, Jaquan Johnson and Chedrick Redwine and Michael Jackson, uh, they're gone. Uh, and that's going to be a tough, you know, replacement there. Bandy's a good player. I think he's Trajan Bandy's one of the best corners in the country talent wise, but overall, they're not as deep there. Um, Bubba Bolden, who came over from USC, is a, another guy that can help them. I think a couple of things jump out at me. While they made a lot of big plays on defense, and they can again, they just made a lot of negative plays on offense. Um, they averaged on third downs seven and a half yards to go. They had more mm-hmm. negative plays early in drives than anybody. So they made the most negative plays and the most positive plays um, from a big play standpoint on offense or defense. The punting game was one of the worst in the country. It led to some field position problems and issues. And with the offense going backwards, very often is bad field position, negative play. And then, and it led to that. I think just they've got to clean that up. And if they can eliminate the negative plays and make good decisions from the quarterback position, this could be a much improved team. And again, I think they're the most talented team in the coastal. I think a lot of people are picking Virginia because of Bryce Perkins and I get it and great coaching, which I think they have, but talent wise, Virginia shouldn't win the coastal Miami should. We'll see if that happens. And I think it's going to, in terms of athletic ability, it should, but play uh, consistency um, and mistakes are going to be the key. Don't like them against Florida. Uh, I think Florida will win that game. I think North Carolina and Bethune-Cookman and Central Michigan and Georgia Tech and Louisville and FIU and Duke, I think those are wins. I think there's, you know, there's seven wins there. There's, there's one team I don't like how they match up against. Then the question mark games at FSU. At Pittsburgh, 
Virginia at home and uh, Virginia Tech at home. I mean, that's where the season is going to make or break and go in a really big direction. So look at it. I mean, much like we talked about with Syracuse, why can't they have a gaudy 10-2, and two, maybe 11-1? and one? It'll be a little fool's goal. Remember a couple of years ago? Miami's back. Miami's back. Turnover, Turnover chain. Turnover yeah. chain. And, and boom. And, and you know, all of a sudden, they just got ransacked. I think uh, the schedule will allow them to be impressive, like Syracuse. Yeah. Uh, but in, in, in I think in their case, they've got a real good chance. Uh, you know, nationally, with a loss to Florida, which I think they'll have, will be tough. But Look, why not? I mean, if they go ahead, um, if they split, they win two of the four games, Virginia Tech, Virginia Pitt, and Florida State, that's a nine-win season. Yeah. Yeah, and a relationship. Mean, <clears throat> yeah, and a relationship to look out for. You know, especially offensively with Tate Martell, Brevin Jordan, the tight end. That's his high school teammate. So, yes. and we all know that a tight end is the is the real safety valve for a quarterback. So Tate Martell coming in, uh, first year starter now to have that safety valve as a guy that he knows and trusts from playing together in high school. I think that's just going to be a tremendous uh, aspect for them uh, in terms of their offense, and, and in this, terms of this, Tate Martell's yeah. confidence. Yeah, and this won't be like RPO stuff. This is going to be pro-style stuff. So absolutely, I mean, I'd be really surprised if they didn't win eight. I think nine is, I mean, I think it should be probably nine and three, and I think they should win the Coastal. Um but we'll see, and I, and I think it's going to come down to the offense. All right, let's roll through the rest of this Coastal uh, real quick, Chris. You know, you look at Duke uh, in the wake of the Daniel Jones error. What do we expect from them? You mentioned a rebuilding year. How bad is it going to be for them? Well, it won't be bad. I mean, it's it's just when you take a Daniel Jones out of the equation, he kind of covered up some things, and, you know, they're going to be well coached as they are. I mean, it's – they just – Cutcliffe is a great – coach um they're patient you know gets the quarterbacks to overachieve and play well quentin harris is going to be good he won't be daniel jones but he's going to be really good you can say man they're pretty good at quarterback again uh deon jackson is a really good talent at running back he's one of the best backs uh that you don't hear about a whole lot in the country but he's one of the best backs in the country they're going to lean on him a lot particularly early they like to rotate backs they've got some guys that can do it um the defense is kind of a tough deal. I mean, they, they, they'll they miss Joe Giles Harris, who really was a big alpha dog leader to them. Um, you, you know, they are really physical on defense, but you see that when they lose guys, again, they need to be developed. I think Demuke uh, is a pretty solid defensive end. I think they've got a pretty solid secondary with Gilbert and Singleton at corner and safety. Um, but you know, we're, we're, you know, we're talking about a team that, you know, I think can again, go to a bowl game. Um, but that's going to be a challenge. It's, you know, you look at the gimme wins, uh, NCA and T middle, I think Georgia tech is a win. Uh, I think, you know, they've got to beat, um, a pit in a North Carolina in a wake forest to get to their six wins. Um, so, I mean, it's doable. But, you know, I think that six wins would be a really good year. I don't see the eight-win type of season that they had last year without Daniel Jones. What about Georgia Tech? You mentioned them losing to to Duke. Well, I, I just think that with maybe the exception of Louisville, Georgia Tech has the diff, different rebuild. Now, the difference is I think Louisville's problems, as I said, they've got a lot of bad character guys, and I don't think they've recruited well. And the guys they have there need to be cleaned out. I think they're really good kids at Georgia Tech. It's just you're going to, to completely, and I'm, I'm talking on offense. Defensively, this is a pretty good team. This secondary at Georgia Tech is really good. They like depth at linebacker. Um, you know, they're not they're not great at defense, but the uh, defensive front, but their secondary is really good. It's offense that's going to be the major changeover. They're going to go to an NFL style spread attack off from you know with with um, with option type talent. I mean, yeah. they don't have an offensive line. They didn't even have a tight end. Uh, maybe their best, you know, weapon that, that they bring in is the tight end that they brought over from Connecticut. 
um, you know, the Tyler Davis kid. I, you know, they don't ha- they may go to battle with about eight offensive linemen. Uh, they just don't have enough there. It's going to take some time. I look at them, and I think it's going to be a tough year. And the only given win there is the Citadel. I think Temple can absolutely beat them. North Carolina, Duke, South Florida can. I think they'll end up winning, uh, you know, two, three games. Uh, maybe they can get to four. But I think it's one hell of a season and one hell of a coaching job for Jeff Collins to get this team to four wins. He's recruiting very well. Uh, I I love, I mean, love the hire of Jeff Collins. I think it's going to work big time. It's just not going to work this year. Let's move on to North Carolina under Mac Brown. Well, the biggest story is that they've recruited so well. And I think, you know, Mac's a big culture guy and a CEO guy and a recruiting guy. And I think those are going to be positive. The only issue I would say big picture is Mac's not going to be there long-term. So what's the plan you know, down the road, but they are recruiting uh, the the Dickens out of the state. I mean, they're really, really good. Interesting in what they did. Jay Bateman in to coach the defense from Army, which they really do a good job of limiting possessions that people have. And then they got Phil Longo coming over from Ole Miss to run, you know, the up-tempo spread look. Uh, basically, the air raid is what they're running, that version of it. Um, you know, so kind of the Longo Mike Leach air raid, what they did at, at Ole Miss, and they're going to combine it with what uh, what Bateman's going to do in, on defense from the, kind of the Army background. So, uh, interesting plan that he has there. Um, the strength of this offense is going to be running back. I think Carter, Michael Carter, and Antonio Williams, really good one two punch. Uh, the receivers did not look good in the spring. Um, it's going to be on the defensive side, a little kind of a mixture of a front four, three, three, four, but they're going to blitz from a lot of different angles. It's going to be fun to watch. I, I thought they were a r- awful, awful red zone team last year. Yeah. Um, really, really were poor. So there are a number of things that uh, I think that's going to be interesting to watch. South Carolina game early. That's a game South Carolina should win. Uh, so I, I think there's a really good chance that North Carolina starts off 0-2. Then mm-hmm. they go to Wake and then Appalachian State. And we'll see if they can uh, they can be 2-2 two and two or 1-3. and three. And and listen, beating Appalachian State is not a given either. Um, you, I think they're 1-3 and three outside shot of being 0-4 going to Clemson. So, I mean, it's a tough start there before they get to go to Georgia Tech, which I think is winnable at Virginia Tech. Duke, winnable. At Pitts, winnable. They got Mercer. I mean, they only got, in my opinion, two games that I feel really good about them winning. And one of them is Georgia Tech. The other is Mercer. I mean, it's a question mark game against NC State at Pitt, Duke, Virginia Tech. Uh, App State and Wake. So, look, I mean, I think they can get to four wins. They're going to have to do some work to get it there. I, I think that they're a little bit of ways away. Uh, they were two and nine last year for a reason. I think they can double that, but I don't think they have the talent to get to like, you know, five or six. I think yeah. that's another year in the making. Can Virginia be the second best team in this coastal? Well, they can. I mean, some people think they can be the first. I like what Bronco Mendenhall has done. Better than I thought he would do. The you know they've got a really good defense and a really good quarterback. So yep. why not them? Um, I mean Perkins is is really good. I mean he is tough to defend, but they you know they don't have great running backs and receivers. That's where I think that maybe Miami is a little bit better. But I tell you what, d- d- defensively, and they're so good. I mean they they they're so good with their run fits. Uh, they're getting deeper. They're well coached. I mean, he's doing what he did at BYU. I mean, he builds those physical guys. I mean, it's a, um, they're really good at linebacker um, and in the secondary. I think the issue to me is the defensive line. Um, I worry about them depth wear, but boy, I think their back seven is really, really good. They remind me a little bit of TCU on the back seven of how they play. 
So, look, I mean, they have to reload the defensive front. Um, you look at their schedule, Pitt, William & Mary, Old Dominion, Louisville, uh, I think North Carolina, Georgia Tech, I mean, I, you know, Liberty, uh, of course, you know, they're, they're going to win seven at least. And then you've got the question mark games, Florida State, Miami, Duke, Virginia Tech. Yeah, I think they'll be pretty good. It may come down to at Miami. Um, you know, Florida State is is winnable. Duke is a is quite frankly a game they should win. Virginia Tech, we'll see. Um, the Hokies to me, uh, still pretty young. Um, but I think that right now I like Virginia a little bit better. So I absolutely see a team that could win nine games. Uh, I absolutely could see them going nine and three in the regular season. How about Vatek? Really concerned, a little bit worried about kind of where they are right now. Uh, it's just not a really what I thought it would be recruiting-wise under Justin Fuente. The offense is not really special. There's been so many kids that have transferred out. I'm not quite sure. It's a really good program guy. Um, you know, Bud Foster stayed. Of course, he's going to retire at the end of the year. Um but it just something just and now they were really young on defense, but man, they they just got rolled. I mean, remember they get they get rolled by Old Dominion, and they just they just kind of lost their way a little bit. They're thin at quarterback and running back. Um, they've got really good receivers if they can get them the ball. Um, and you know, to me, it's defensively their gap control. They've got some more experienced guys. I think the defense is going to be better, although. The defensive line was not nearly as good last year. I think it'll be improved, but they're not all that disruptive. Um, I think they're pretty solid up the middle. I do think um, Holland Field and Ashby and Floyd and Diablo are really good um, at linebacker and the safety, respectively. Look, I mean, they just – they their defense gave up six and a half yards per play last year. I mean, that's, that's – it's just, you know, now they – the positives would be that the majority of the guys that made plays on defense, that they were, they were really, really young. I mean, they were really young. Most of those guys were freshmen and sophomores. So disappointing record six and seven, um, you know, I, I think that there's a chance. I think they could maybe win a couple more, I think eight is doable, and I think that would maybe kind of take it in the right direction. Look, I think that Bud Foster's been great, but I think it's probably time that that Justin needs to move on and find his right niche uh -huh. and where he's going to go with that program. But it's it's really going to come down to what he's going to do at quarterback and how is he going to fix this offense. I mean, again, we're not talking about, you know, trying to win in the Big Ten East or the SEC West. I mean – this is doable, and I am shocked that I'm saying that Bronco Mendenhall's done a much better job than Justin has, um, Bronco at Virginia, than, than Justin has. So I'm not giving up on Justin. I think he's too good of a coach, but I think he's got to turn it up a couple of notches in recruiting, and I think a big part of that is he's going to have to show that he's got complete control of the program and that they start to make play, better plays on the field. They're going to be patient with him. They're not running him off, but – you know, another bad year this year, then it's going to start to be uh, uh, more and more frustrating uh, for that fan base and, and that, that supports the, the, the uh, alumni base. Finally, let's talk about the Pitt Panthers. What kind of fits can they give some teams that they play this year? Well, I, I think that Pitt is, you know, a, a team that typically has – I mean, you kind of know what you get with them. Uh, you, you see that they're going to be a team – that's going to line up. They're going to be physical. Um, you know, it's just, it's, you know, they look, they look a lot like Wisconsin where Pat's from and they're disciplined. Um, you know, they're just not real talented. I'm a little surprised and a little disappointed that they've not been able to recruit better. It, it's not like, I don't expect them to be what when Johnny majors and Jackie Sherrill were recruiting and, on an elite level, but I, I thought that, you know, they're in a fertile area where, you know, they haven't done as good a job of finding that right type of player that would fit their program. And 
I think they can get the right occasional four-star guy that can come in there from locale, just in the Pittsburgh area alone. But they're physical and disciplined on defense. Um, you know, they run downhill. I mean, you know, just like the kid that's with the Falcons uh, that was there last year, Allison. I mean, that, that's the type of back that they they like, and they'll miss him. By the way, he's really good. But there's there's not, since Matt Canada left, they have no dynamics on offense. They don't do a whole lot, and it's hard. It's hard to win if you don't score points. I mean, we saw Michigan State just run a really good defense. Well, Pitt is not on the same level defensively. But, I mean, they scored like 26 total points in their final three games. Now, they fired Sean Watson. They brought in Mark Whipple, who's known for years. Mark actually coached um, the quarterback coach for the Steelers with Ben Roethlisberger was at UMass. And we'll see what they can do here. And we'll see if Kenny Pickett can become a more consistent guy. Um, they, they always run the football well. Uh, we'll see what A.J. Davis can do and Todd Sibley can do. Um, on the line, um, they got a couple of transfers, mainly the Michigan kid, Nolan Ulazio, and the center, Jimmy Morrissey. I think Morrissey's a really good center. In fact, I think he's as good a center as there is in the ACC. Um, you know, the, the, to me, uh, they held Virginia, Virginia Tech, and Wake Forest to a combined 48 points during the latter part of the season. And in their final six games, Opponents average only 323 yards. So they they get it done on defense. They play hard. They play aggressive. You know, it's a little bit like watching was, uh, Northwestern at times, and it's just what can their, their offense do. So I think they'll be good again on defense, and it's just going to be about what they can get done on offense. Now, they were the slowest. We talk about up-tempo teams and getting snaps. You know, they were the slowest-tempo team uh of all the power five teams i mean they average over 30 seconds before snap so they play to what they are run the football compress the game play good defense and rashad weaver elias reynolds dane jackson demar hamlin they've, they've got some guys that are really good players all conference type players but i just don't know if they've got enough offense to get much more uh, then maybe, maybe getting bowl eligible. Let's look at it. Ohio's a game. It's not a given. Good nope. program, but got to win that. Got to beat Georgia Tech. Got to beat North Carolina. Got to beat Boston College. Got to. No, maybe. Got to. You know, certainly Delaware, got to win that. Um, we know how difficult UCF is. Got to go on the road. Maybe beat a Duke. That's that's you know that gets you your six wins, because if you don't do that, you got to go to Virginia Tech and win. That's doable, okay? Miami, probably not. Syracuse at Syracuse, probably not. Central Florida, probably not. Penn State, pretty sure not. Virginia, mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure not. Um, so listen, I think they're bowl a bowl team. I think they're six and six. And if they go on the road and say beat a Virginia Tech or beat a Syracuse or shock a Miami, then that can be their seven wins. But I don't see them getting to eight wins this year. All right. So to wrap things up, I think you and I are in agreement. We'll go with Clemson out of the Atlantic. We will go with Miami out of the Coastal. And those two teams will meet in North Carolina where Clemson will win and go back to the college football playoff. Is that what we're saying? Yeah, I'd be shocked. I mean, shocked. I, I, I can't imagine this scenario um, where Clemson does not win the conferences. I've said that before. There is such a decided advantage. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I could see them falling asleep and losing a game. They lose two. You know, who knows? Uh, but I, I still think uh, the only variable would be then would they might knock themselves out nationally with a couple of losses. But I don't see that happening. I think that they it's going to be tough for them to lose a game. I know that they have in the past, but even like Syracuse and certainly the games, NC State gave them trouble. I, I don't there's nobody on their schedule that even if Clemson doesn't play well, that can beat Clemson. So, um, no, I think the best opponent could be a, a an improved Miami team potentially. 
in the conference championship game, but that'd be a double digit win. So I see Clemson not only being uh, unbeaten, but the number one seed um, in the plus, because I think there's a better chance that Alabama might lose. We'll see how that plays out, but you know, we can get to that later, but I, I just think that, that the door is wide open. They're not only very good, but the schedule's pretty favorable yeah. for them. It's not just the fact that they're good. They're better than everybody else. Way better. Yeah, and that's what's going to be. All right, well, that is our ACC preview here on the College Football Film Room podcast. And don't forget, LandryFootball.com has you covered for everything that you need come football season, whether it's your pregame scouting, whether it's a write-up on what Chris is going to think is going to happen in the upcoming game. Everything you need is on LandryFootball.com. You can listen to free podcasts every day from college football, including daily conference podcasts to the NFL deep into the scouting and coaching world. It's all at LandryFootball.com. Complete roster analysis as well. And, Chris, you're practically giving it away. Yeah, we are. We got uh, an outstanding specials that are going on. And, um, you know, we do that because we know that um, this time of year, everyone's excited. Uh, we we work on football all year long. and We've broken down the teams and the rosters, and we've got our notebooks that are keeping you up to date on what's going on at all these uh, practices and of course we do the same in the NFL, but with the season getting underway, obviously we'll have games. We'll react to the games. We'll preview the games. We'll tell you what's going on, the whys of what happened in games. So you want to be involved at LandryFootball.com. You get access to all of that information. Uh, we'll take you inside the film room. Uh, you can see the game like a coach and a scout. So take advantage of that right now. Uh, get that great discount, lock it in for a year. That'll take advantage of the entire football season. It'll take you through recruiting for your draft fans. It'll take you through the draft, free agency in the NFL, all next offseason, all the way to next year at this time. So take advantage of that right now. That doesn't work for you. Try us out for a month. Um, you got great options for you there to become a member. Less than a magazine subscription, you, you can have access to your own scouting and coaching department. That's right. So head to LandryFootball.com for one-stop shopping for all your football needs. Be sure to follow Chris on Twitter at LandryFootball for all the latest breaking news and analysis. And you can follow me at Scott's On Air. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the College Football Film Room podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. You can check us out as well on Believe Podcast, Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com. Chris, next week we will get into the Big 12 and see if the Oklahoma Sooners can have a third straight Heisman Trophy winner. Yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be an interesting conference. Can't wait to break it down with you and all our listeners next week. Talk to you next week, everyone. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.